Good morning and welcome to episode three of the East Coast Tech Sports Podcast. My name is Austin Mayrath and today is Saturday morning, January 27th of 2024, coming to you from the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And on today's show, um, we are going to dabble a little bit into the NBA for the first time. Uh, Luca scored 73, and we definitely have to talk about that, but you're also going to hear why it is so rare and so hard for the NBA to make an appearance on this show. But like I said, we'll, we'll get into all that. We'll also give a quick update on your first place Texas Tech Red Raiders basketball team. Uh, as of this recording, they are they are in first place of the toughest conference in college basketball, the Big 12. But I don't think um, by the time you hear this, they will still be in first place after their matchup today. They will be playing a mysterious Oklahoma squad in Norman. Um, but we'll we'll get into all of that, why I'm not feeling great about that. And then we will wrap up today's show with a quick conference championship game preview. Uh, and give you my prediction uh, as uh, to who I think will meet up in the Super Bowl in two weeks in Las Vegas. But today's show, um, we will start with another return to Broadway. The wife and I saw Lion King on Broadway. And before we get to that, I would just like to thank our unofficial sponsors at Folgers. Um, Once again, they do not actually sponsor this show and provide us any financial or monetary support. However, we could not literally bring you the show without um, drinking their coffee. And right now we are on cup number three this morning. Uh, so if anyone out at Folgers is listening, please do not sue me. But also if anyone at Folgers is listening and would be interested in providing any financial support for our program, please uh, reach out to me. Uh, that would be very cool. So Back to Broadway. So in the six months I have lived in New York City, I have, up until last Thursday, I had been to Times Square exactly zero times, and now I've been twice in eight days. And while I do love going to Broadway shows, so far the two we've been to, um, Book of Mormon and now The Lion King, they've been great. I don't know that I want to go back to Times Square for a while because it is a lot. It is a lot to deal with. There is... A lot of anxiety-inducing lights, sounds. I'm just about done with Empire State of Mind uh, because just about every single little vendor or cart or um, horse cart-drawn buggy guy, you know, they're all playing that same damn song over and over and over. And a song I used to love has now been pretty much ruined for me, which which kind of sucks. But anyway, last night the show, it was great. We it was a lot different than Book of Mormon. You know, obviously you're you're going from South Park creators to a Disney movie. Um but Book of Mormon I thought was more geared toward the actors and the performance and, you know, actual theater, if you will. Um not to take away from the, the actors of Lion King or anything, but you know the story, you know the lines, so you're you're kind of, you know, expecting what's coming. You know what's coming. That one was more about the visual display, which was awesome. It was very entertaining. Um, although I should quickly shout out Scar, the guy who played Scar. I looked him up. He had a background in Shakespearean acting in London, 
and he was in Hamlet, which the Lion King is based after Hamlet. So I thought that was a pretty cool uh, way he presented Scar. Um, although Jeremy Irons is the goat from the original Lion King, he's by far the best Scar. But anyway, overall, the show was great. Um, now with this one, since Lion King, I guess, is a little bit more of a um, you know, touristy type of play. So a lot of folks that come to New York you know, to see a Broadway play, they're probably going to see Lion King or Aladdin, you know, a, a story that they know very well. And unfortunately, I think the there was a group of four next to us, uh, friends, dates, I guess, you know, double date. They were high as a kite because they couldn't stop giggling. Um, they got popcorn at intermission and they thought it was like the greatest invention ever when the guy came back. He came back and the other three friends were like, oh my God, you got cheddar popcorn. Whoa. So that was annoying. Uh, there's a lot of people on their phones, you know, texting and that, that will drive me nuts. But overall, another great experience. Um, we also went to a rooftop bar. Uh, it's called RT60. It's at the top of the Hard Rock Hotel. And... Pretty cool, not too pricey. You know, I, I don't recommend, you know, devoting your entire night up there, but uh, it was really easy to make a reservation, go up there, have a drink or two for an hour, overlook down to, to Times Square. Um, you know, it was a pretty cool visual. You're not going to see the Empire State, the ESB, the Empire State Building, um, or the Chrysler Building or anything like that, but it's still a pretty cool uh, visual to, to kind of look down on top of Times Square. So that was pretty neat. And um, so at intermission, now transitioning to Luca. So at intermission of the uh, Lion King's at Minchkoff Theater, it's pretty much right in the heart of Times Square. And at intermission, you know, you get 15 minutes in between acts to go uh, bathroom, refreshments, all the normal stuff. But in the, I guess, basically the lobby of the theater, there's a big giant window overlooking Times Square. And it is right across from it, what used to be called the ESPN uh, zone, which I thought was the coolest thing as a kid. It was, you know, an entire theater basically devoted to just sports and, and sports on TV. Um, now I realize that's just what a sports book is in Las Vegas. Uh, but anyway, they have a rotating scroll on uh, their, the billboard on the outside that, that kind of gives the headlines of of the day in sports. And the headline that I see as I'm looking at it, it's, you know, the first one was like Michigan hires a new coach. And then the next one says Luca torches Hawks for Mavs record. And I was like, wow. I, I mean, Mavs Hawks on a Friday night. I don't, I don't think that that would be, you know, the marquee matchup uh, of the evening. So I look and see that he scored 73 points and I'm, you know, that's, it's pretty funny because of, you know, the Mavericks have had some some bad performance. They played Boston, I think, on Monday, and then Phoenix on either Wednesday or Thursday, and they just didn't compete. It was ugly. Luca threw a fan out. He got into it with uh, a reporter, a noted, I think, D-bag named Tim McMahon. Um, Tim McMahon once said on ESPN Radio in Dallas about 12 years ago that hockey wasn't a real sport, and I've held it against him ever since. Um and so Luca called him out when Tim McMahon was, you know, basically saying Luca was being a baby, throwing a fan out. Which, in fairness, Luca was being soft. You should never, ever, ever let a paying customer get under your skin. Um, but Luca had a moment of weakness in a frustrating game. It happens. 
Um, not his finest moment, but again, forgivable, especially when you score 73 the next night or the next game. Um, now, oh, I should mention, 73 points on 30 shots, as one of our uh, noted listeners um, reminded me um, to make sure I mention uh, with that. It wasn't like he, he was, you know, 73 points on 70 shots. It was 30 shots. That's, you know, I don't know. I'm not an efficiency analytics guy, but I, I think that's about as good as it gets. Um, now what I'm about to say has nothing to do with Luca and his points. I mean, by all means, if they're going to let you score 73, you take it. Like that's not, that's not Luca's fault for the lack of defense being played, but I would right now encourage you to pull up a chair and please sit on my lawn so that I can kindly tell you to get the fuck off my lawn. So remember when in our very first episode, I alluded to the fact that I'm just not a big Mavericks fan anymore. Um, We'll go. There's not enough time in today's episode to go over why specifically on the Mavericks. But I will say that it's really more of a larger issue of I just can't stand the NBA anymore. The main I mean, there's a thousand main facts. Um, You know, hell, just look in the last week. You had a player admitting that he only cared about scoring 70 points, not winning the game. You had the second best team, I think, uh, in the league, definitely in the Eastern Conference, maybe the league. I don't know. I haven't seen the updated standings. Um, Fire their coach, uh, Adrian Griffin. Former Maverick, by the way, from back when I actually watched all 82 games. Um, well, he got fired. Don't really know why. They were 30 and 13. Basically, Giannis and Damian Lillard, the star players of the team, forced him out. You know, kind of held their ground and and went to upper management, saying we need a new coach to compete with the best. So this is Adrian Griffin's first season. He's 30 and 13. He gets fired. Why? Because the players didn't like him. So that's part of it. And I think LeBron going to the Heat in 2010, you know, was a big part of kind of the the change in basketball. Um, But that's all really on the, you know, from an attitude standpoint. For me, it's just, I'm an old school guy. I like defense and I'm sorry, when you go up 148 points in 48 minutes, that's not defense. Watch number one on the Hawks trying to guard Luka. It's one of the more pathetic things I've ever seen. I've always said that the NBA, watching an NBA game now compared to 2007, 2008, watching it now is pretty much like watching a Y ball game. Um, you know, just your, your local pickup game down at the rec center or at the, at the park. Uh, I was wrong. That's giving no, that's giving too much credit to the NBA. A Y ball game has way more intensity than what I watch in the league. Um, you know, I didn't see Luca's game, but I did watch the highlights of all 73 points. And I think of his 25 made baskets or whatever, um, he was contested on maybe four, maybe five. Um, again, credit to Luca. They gave it to him, so he took it. But just the lack of defense, the lack of understanding of switches. and But even, even all that, I mean, you see that during a college basketball game, defensive lapses. But what I see is people just not giving a shit. No one get that gets down in a stance. No one knows how to move their feet. Um, coaching. Nobody coaches defense anymore at the AAU level. It's about scoring points, getting on TikTok for how many threes you can make. And it's just depressing to watch. So I'm again, I'm old man yelling at cloud when it comes to the NBA. I do think it's a joke pretty much. 
Um, every game I try and watch, it's it's painful. And people will tell me, you know, hey, oh, oh, Austin, you know, you 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 complain and bitch about the NBA, but yet here you are watching a college basketball game where it's fifty to forty nine. Well, yeah, because the fifty to forty nine game, yeah, maybe they're not making shots, but they're actually trying and playing hard. The NBA to me is like watching the Pro Bowl in the NFL. That's what the average regular season game looks like. Um, you know, the playoffs, there's a, a little bit more intensity, I guess. But even still, I don't – it really infuriates me when – you know, this Tech basketball got this a lot in 2019 when they made it to the national title game. Um, they had the number one defense in, in college basketball by all metrics. And people said, is it bad – is it good defense or bad offense? And those same people are the ones that say nobody cares about college basketball anymore. You have to watch the NBA for real basketball. Well, is the Mavericks scoring 148 points good offense or just atrocious defense to where, again, it's not even bad defense. It's no effort. No one cares. There's no intensity. No one closes out on shots. No one hustles. They just kind of jog up and down the floor. First kind of open look that you take, you shoot it again. To me, that's pickup basketball. It's not real basketball. And something I wanted to mention, I think all of this really started. 2009 uh, was when uh, LeBron got called for a travel, and he complained. He called it a crab dribble. Later that summer, officially into the rule book was what they called the gather step, which basically you know, is legalese in the NBA rulebook for you can take three steps. Uh, you know, without traveling. So all that's to say, congrats, Luca, on 73 points. It was cool to see. One of those things that it was, you know, oh, wow, look, Luca scored 73. Uh, don't really plan on watching a Mavs game until the playoffs if they, if they make it. And, again, I'll, I'll go into more detail in a future episode on specifically, you know, where the Mavs fit in with my lack of loving the NBA anymore. But... Today is not the day. I've already, I've already given away too much of my old manness, my Clint Eastwood and Grand Torino um, with my NBA rant. By the way, one of these days I'm gonna, when I improve my technology and my skill at this, I'm gonna institute a, you know, a trigger warning or a rant warning to give you an update as to when I'm about to get into something. That way, uh, maybe you can skip ahead if, if you don't want to hear it or, or something like that. Okay, let's. What better place to transition after bitching about the professional version of a sport? Let's go to the college version of the sport and give you a quick uh, Red Raider basketball update. Uh, Again, as of this morning, Texas Tech is number one in the Big 12, folks. Uh, Again, that's a conference with Houston, Kansas, Baylor, uh, Iowa State, BYU, etc., etc., etc. And Having said all of that, I could not hate today's matchup any more than I, I do right now. Um, so Tech plays at OU, at Lloyd Noble in Norman, uh, 2 o'clock start, and it just has all the ingredients of a disaster. Um, first of all, Oklahoma had a terrible loss on Tuesday to the country club Longhorns, and they they pretty much no-show. They got outplayed from the very beginning. Um Typically, when that happens, you know, you lose a tough home game like that, and then you play again at home a couple days later, you're going to come out with your hair on fire, ready to, you know, prove a point, get it past you. Um, So that's number one. Number two, the simple fact, it is on the road. 
and road teams this year, uh, especially in the Big 12, are struggling, you know, and I think that's just more of how difficult it is to win on the road in general, you know, not just the Big 12. And there's obviously a lot of great uh, home environments now. No offense to the, to the Sooners. I don't think Lloyd Noble is one of those. But nevertheless, it is a road game for Tech. Um, it's on ESPN+. Plus, and King McClure, uh, former Baylor uh, player, is on the call. And that just, I swear, every time we get one of these types of matchups where I have to go and stream it from my phone to the TV because it's stupid ESPN Plus, um, I just, I, Tech always loses. You just know that's, that's how it goes. They're going to lose by 15 or 20. Plus, Tech, they haven't played since last Saturday, so all they've heard for the last week is the first place Red Raiders and how great they are and what a great job McCaslin's done to start the year. As Mama Mayrath likes to say, um, they've been reading their press clippings for the last week. So like I said, it's a recipe for a disaster. Tech's only chance is they cannot, cannot get off to another slow start or give up the huge run because that has been their Achilles heel and they've managed to, you know, steer clear of the iceberg to win four of their first five Big 12 games. But I mean, there, there's games where they start off very slow and, you know, other times where they start off hot, like they did at or against Kansas State, where it's 19 to 10 and everything's going great. Then the next thing you know, it's 32 19. You know, they gave up a 22 nothing run or 20 nothing run. Uh, I guess it was 22 13, and Kansas State scored 20 straight. But anyway, regardless, Tech's only chance today. They cannot do that. They have to stay in the game. If OU gets on a run, um, Grant's got to do his best to to you know stop the bleeding as quickly as he can but hoping for the best expecting the worst if you're a betting person take oklahoma on the points um if you're really a betting person maybe maybe sprinkle a dollar or two on oklahoma minus seven or eight points because i think that oklahoma should probably win the game by 10 again no x's and o's of value there um that's all purely on past experiences and my own gut feelings. Um, so take that as you will. Okay. Shifting gears, uh, now to our last segment of the day, and we are going to be talking about our conference championship game previews. Um, our first preview, I'll start with the NFC first. Obviously my heart wants the lions to win. Um, you know, I can't stand the 49ers that, that earliest memories of life are, you know, Cowboys Niners in the good old days in the in the early nineties. So I hate them. And now recent history with their fake tough guy act with the stupid boom box and their crappy quarterback play trying to pretend like they're a good team. And and let's be real, they are a good team. They're a really good team. I think they could be a great team if they had a better quarterback. Um so sorry to my Iowa State fans listening. I think Brock Purdy sucks. He's their Achilles heel. And I think it's going to finally catch up to him at some point, whether it's Sunday or whether it's in two weeks. It's going to catch up to them at some point that his noodle arm cannot win the Super Bowl. And who knows? Maybe I'll be wrong. But one thing that worries me is I've noticed a lot of people are jumping on the Lions bandwagon. And, you know, I think more so than anything, I think people want to see a franchise, you know, probably the most notable franchise when it comes to futility in the NFL. They want to see him have success and and maybe they're letting their heart cloud their judgment a little bit with that. And I guess you could say the same thing for me, but it's the opposite. I just hate the Niners so much that 
I wouldn't mind seeing the Lions um, cover. Not cover, not just cover, but win. But I've definitely taken them to cover the seven points. That's what it's at as of this morning is Lions plus seven. And Jared Goff, he's a, he's a Mike Leach guy by extension. You know, he, he's in the family. Um, his college coach was Sonny Dykes. Um, Sonny Dykes, of course, current coach at TCU. Um, you know, longtime Mike Leach assistant coach. Also played baseball at Tech. Um, father was coach at Tech for 10 years, all that. All that stuff that we all know, but you know, any little reason to to promote Mike Leach, um, I will absolutely take advantage of. So, with all that, like I said, Lions plus seven. Um, I think that's the play. I mean, of course, like a, a, this is all setting up for San Francisco to be hearing for the last week uh, about how they're not very good. They almost lost to Green Bay, and people like me are, are calling out Brock Purdy. And they could just show up and, and kick the shit out of Detroit, and it's over at halftime. You know, I guess that wouldn't surprise me. Um, it surprised me a little bit if their offense can score um, that much. But, you know, Detroit's defense isn't that great on the back end. But fortunately for people like me that think Brock Purdy stinks, uh, Detroit does have a good um, front four and, and front seven by extension that can get to him and make him throw uh, contested throws under pressure. And I think Detroit's going to have a few turnovers and and hopefully win the game. I'm going with 29-20. I think Dan Campbell goes for two um, for no other reason other than to just be that guy, and that's awesome. Um, Love Dan Campbell. His only flaw is he he is an Aggie, but he was uh, Jason – Jason Witten's mentor uh, on the Cowboys, and he was uh, you know, kind of one of those fun role players for the Cowboys for three, three years um, as a tight end. And also Aaron Glenn, a uh, couple of Jets listeners on this podcast um, that appreciate what he did um, while he was cornerback um, for the Jets. And he was also um, a Cowboy for a couple years as well, providing a little bit of depth, depth uh, for the Cowboys secondary when Bill Parcells was there. And I actually really liked him. Um, back on the back end, but again, his only flaw, he is an Aggie, and um, so that's unfortunate, but that's also okay. Um, a lot of our listeners uh, are Aggies, so I just like kind of needling them whenever I get that opportunity, but Lions, take take the Lions and the points, um, and I think uh, I think that'll be the, the right play. Okay, shifting over to the AFC side. Um, Chiefs Ravens in Baltimore. Um, let me get a quick look at the weather. Um, but while I'm doing that, um, if you have listened to two episodes and now 25 ish minutes, uh, of my ranting and rambling, and you don't think that I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game, uh, then you're just out of your freaking mind on paper. The weather does not look to be favoring Kansas city. It's supposed to be pretty rainy and, and nasty, Rain showers, mid-40s throughout the game, which obviously that would favor a team like Baltimore over Kansas City. I don't care. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes in any playoff game. Um, To me, he's pretty much reached that status where, you know, Tom Brady's of the world, Alabama football's of the world, um, Steph Curry, go go on and on and on. Tiger Woods in a golf tournament. If Pat's playing, I'm taking the Chiefs. I don't care his receivers, who's in his press box, doesn't matter. I'm taking Pat. You can throw your Josh Allens at me. You can even throw your Joey Burrows at me. 
And now Lamar Jackson, I don't care. I'm taking Pat. And with the rain, I actually, you know, that means that Lamar's not going to be able to really throw the ball very well either. Um, so Kansas City's going to be able to key on him running it um, a lot more. So we'll see. They Baltimore does have Mark Andrews back. Their defense is really good. Um, Lamar Jackson's about to win the MVP again. There's a reason for that. He's a great player. But, again, at the end of the day, take out the X's and O's, throw it away. I If I got the guy, then I'm going to take the guy. And especially if the guy's getting four points, I'm absolutely going to take that guy. And Pat is that guy. So I think Chiefs win 27-24. Um, um, and then we'll get a, a Chiefs-Lions Super Bowl, and everyone will be rooting for the Lions. And it'll be Chiefs fans, uh, Texas Tech fans, uh, East people from East Texas, and I guess Taylor Swift fans uh, versus the world. And that would be a really fun experience. Always good to be uh, the bad guy. Um, that's the great Razor Ramon that said that. Um, getting our we are getting our wrestling references in today. Um, maybe because in light of the Vince McMahon news, I guess I just have wrestling on top of mind. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's a good thing. Um, but if you are curious, just Google Vince McMahon lawsuit and you will see the situation that he has found himself in. And um, we are not going to touch that on today's episode or any future episodes. Um, but let's just say that whole situation stinks and we'll leave it at that. Okay, and with that, that concludes our program for today. Thank you, as always, for listening and tuning in uh, to our show. Um, And I guess this is where I should tell you to like and subscribe, and that way you can get automatic uh, updates when a new show releases. And a quick note, we will not have a show uh, for next week. Uh, We will be at a family reunion event deep in the woods of Oklahoma, so we'll be unable to record Um, but we will have a show the following, uh, weekend on Saturday. Um, so we can check in to see just how terribly wrong my conference championship game predictions are and also get a Super Bowl preview. And then we'll also check back in with tech basketball. Hopefully the rails will still be on the tracks and they'll be going along just fine. So with that, uh, thank you again. And we will talk again in a few weeks.